Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our podcast from Villa Presbyterian Church on uh, Tuesday, the 9th of March 2021. This is a recorded podcast for our midweek uh, service from Villa Presbyterian Church. And you're all welcome. Uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to listen uh, to us. Uh, and we trust that through uh, these weeks, uh, as we continue uh, in a period of lockdown, that we have that awareness of God's rich hand of blessing and mercy upon us uh, as we build up uh, to the time of Easter. Over these weeks, uh, we are are going to be uh, uh, looking at a series entitled Looking at the Cross as we uh, look at familiar uh, passages in the Old Testament of Isaiah 52 and 53 as we look at the Song of the Suffering Servant. As we come together uh, this evening, let me remind you that our church building is still closed on Sundays for worship, but all services are online through our YouTube channel. Uh, It is hoped that uh, by the 2nd of April, we will be able to open uh, our doors again for worship. Uh, But please do keep in touch with us through Facebook and through our website. Uh, And once we uh, are able to say for certain, we will be getting details out about uh, when and how our church building will be open again. Please do keep in mind uh, that over these coming weeks, we do have the church building open on Monday mornings from 10.30 to 12 for private prayer. For anybody who would like to come, uh, the doors of the church will be open uh, from half 10 to 12 noon on Monday mornings. Well, as we come uh, to worship God this evening, uh, let me uh, begin with some words from Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. The psalm, a psalm of David. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. We come before this God this evening, uh, longing to know of his power, longing to know what it means uh, to follow him throughout. With this in mind, let us come to God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you this evening. Lord, to recognise that in you, Lord, there is a great and living hope. Lord, we recognise all too often, Lord, Uh, how uh, this world uh, will draw us away from you, uh, will take us to other things, Lord, that we will treat as gods rather than giving you the glory and honour. So, Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, we ask for that opportunity, Lord, to clean our minds from things uh, around us and to focus on you. Lord, to know of your glory to know, Lord, of what it means, uh, to know of the the truth of the cross and what happened, that in Jesus' name, Lord, our greatest debt has been paid. And Lord, we may look to you with true and everlasting forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we we long to know of this each day. And we come before you confessing the times, Lord, in which we have fallen away from you. And Lord, asking that you may renew our faith in you, 
that we may look to you afresh again. In Jesus' loving name, we ask this. Amen. Well, uh, just before we come to our scripture reading this evening, we're going to begin uh, with our first item of praise. This item of praise is sung to us uh, by Jonathan Ray uh, and his family, and the piece is entitled, Behold Our God.
Gospel, please turn with me now uh, to our scripture reading this evening. We're going to continue uh, in this uh, uh, song that we looked at last week of the suffering servant. It starts uh, from Isaiah 52, uh, verse 13. But this evening we're going to focus on the verses at the start of chapter 53, verses 1 to 6. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 53. And we'll start reading at verse 1. This is the word of God. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here we end the reading of God's word to us this evening. As we take time uh, to uh, look at this passage, let us again come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we approach your word this evening, we pray for that clarity of the cross. We pray, Lord, that we, by your spirit, may know of your hand on our lives, that this message is for us, and that we long to share it with others. We ask this now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, there's no getting around that over this last year, there's been some really difficult times faced uh, by many. Um, Some have been uh, faced with isolation and loneliness like they've never experienced before. Uh, And some... Uh, have met different uh, struggles uh, that they never thought that they would in their lives before. And sometimes it can be hard to find uh, support for this. Sometimes it it can be difficult um, to reach out to others. And sadly, sometimes, even when we do reach out to others, uh, they are unsure about how to help. Sometimes they don't really know uh, what uh, to say uh, to be able to help. One of the most important things through this time is just to keep connections with others, is to continue uh, to lift the phone, uh, continue to make that uh, um, uh, opportunity uh, to greet one another and to touch base with one another to see how we are doing. But when times get really tough, where can we turn 
To whom can we go? Well, the answer is found here in this passage. Again, uh, if we look back to verse 13 of chapter 52, it is an invitation to see my servant will act wisely, to look to Jesus, to look at who he is and what it means to know him. That's what uh, Isaiah says at the beginning of this song. And what we see when we look at Jesus, what is it that we see? Well, in verse 3, we see one who was despised and rejected by men. We see one who was a man of suffering. We see one who was familiar with pain. He is aware of difficult times. He is someone like us, someone who can sympathize, someone who we can talk to right now, who we can bring our troubles before. I wonder if you've ever uh, seen the picture of a forest that has been cleared. Uh, If you have, you'd be able to visualize a scene uh, where there is once uh, uh, stood um, uh, trees and a very uh, productive environment now looks desolate and bare. When you see dense woodland, the canopy of leaves nearly prevents light reaching the ground level uh, and there's so much all around, so much wildlife and life all around. But then when you see everything removed, all remains as tree stumps and barren soil. And when we see that, we see a picture of desolation. And this is the scene after, that God is showing us after God has passed through in judgment. In verses 1 and 2, uh, we see uh, that idea of a root out of dry ground. But just before us, in the midst of the wilderness, Isaiah continues with the promise. Earlier in his book, he talks about a shoot that will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. This promise is found in chapter 11, verse 1. But now we see this shoot has become a tender shoot in verse 2 of chapter 53. This is someone who looks fragile, He doesn't appear like a majestic uh, tree or a sturdy oak. One misplaced footstep and it might be all over. One hungry animal and this shit will be gone. All around is devastation. The dry ground has been by God's judgment. And God's people are still sinful, and God's judgment has not gone away. All our hopes rest on this promise. And it is a promise of a person, a promise of a child. Just think of Jesus coming uh, into this world, an image that looks so fragile in the barren wasteland of our sins. Born in a manger, always uh, under fear of life. But Isaiah uh, is showing us of the confidence 
that we have in God. Here we see that this is that promise who will come. And as we see uh, Jesus' ministry, we see someone who continues uh, to show us who God is, uh, even through his weakness, even through the humanity uh, that he had. We see God's beauty and glory. Here we see uh, in verse 2 again that uh, we see that picture of Jesus. And it's maybe not a picture uh, that we would think of straight away. In verse 2, Isaiah isn't claiming that the servant would be especially ugly. Instead, he isn't really saying anything about the appearance of Jesus. And that's the point, that there was nothing to say. There was nothing in the physical appearance of Jesus to make him stand out. He wasn't taller than others. He wasn't better looking. He wasn't imposing. His words and his actions would have made him stand out for sure, but his appearance, if you had walked past him in the street, you wouldn't have picked him out from the crowd. For Jesus looked just like anyone else because he was just like everyone else. He worked for his living, just as we do. He was hungry, just as we are. He was misunderstood, just as we are. He grew tired, just as we do. He laughed at jokes, just as we do. He fell ill, just as we do. He could be disappointed, just as we are. He was betrayed by friends, just as we are. He was just as we are. The only difference is he didn't sin. He was one of us, and he's still one of us. His resurrection and ascension have not reduced his humanity. Not only was Jesus fully human, but he was a suffering human being. He was, as the song puts it, a man of sorrows. He shared our humanity and he shared our pain. Again, picking up the theme that we looked at last week, it looks so upside down to the world watching on. As Isaiah puts it in verse 1, whoever would have thought the arm of the Lord would be revealed in this way. But this is a description of the servant's person and his life and ministry in verses 2 and 3. They confirm that it is indeed the case. This is the promised one of God to come. He had none of the trappings of majesty or human glory in his origins his appearance or his relationship with others. Twice we are told he was despised, his life characterized by sorrow and familiar with suffering. And these verses end in verse 3 with the all-inclusive we, indicating the common verdict of the human race against the servant. For verses 1 to 3 tell us the story of Jesus. He was born a king, but there were few signs of royal status. For 30 years, he was an ordinary human being, not someone who would stand out from the crowd. Then he began his ministry, and for three years, he was despised and rejected. His ministry brought him to humanity's attention, and we did not like what we saw. And in verses 4 to 6, this hostility would reach its climax at the cross. 
For as we go on, we see that dramatic change developing. For the poem suddenly becomes intensely purpose, uh, uh, personal. Just look at the words in verses 4 uh, to 6. He and we and us. The purpose of his suffering becomes clear. We are now shown that, his, that the infirmities and sorrows of verse 3 are ours. He has lifted his burden on our behalf. It is not wrong to see this as an act of God's judgment. The mistake is to see as, suffer, uh, as him suffering for his own sins. The amazing truth is that it is for our transgressions uh, that he suffers. To bring us peace and wholeness. The Lord is acting through his uh, servant's suffering to receive foolish wandering sheep like us. He is literally caused to meet upon him the only uh, uh, true sacrifice, the iniquity of us all, our pain. Suffering and transgressions, iniquities and punishment are all transferred to Jesus. And in exchange, we receive peace and healing. Verse 5. He gets what we deserve and we get what he deserves. It's as if we've been struggling under a heavy load and Jesus has come, lifted the burden from us and carried it himself. Except that this load is one that ultimately crushes whoever it bears. Isaiah says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The word laid literally means meets. All our sins meet in Jesus. It's as if God focuses down his anger against sin into one intense focal point. And there at the cross, Jesus absorbed God's judgment against sin to the full. And as a result, there is nothing left to pay. So now the justice of God, which once was our greatest threat, becomes our ally. For justice cannot and will not demand double payment. God will not make us pay what Christ has already paid in full. The justice of God is no longer a threat. In fact, it is something that we can appeal to in God's justice. What great words to keep in mind. That here we have uh, been freed. The punishment uh, of Jesus brought us peace upon him. By his wounds we have been healed. This is our only hope. But it is a great and certain hope. For Jesus cried on the cross, it is finished and truly it is. The price has been paid. For us salvation is free. This is the message of Easter. This is the joy that we have in Jesus' name. It is a message that we need to take to heart, to have in our lives and all that we may do. And as we finish this evening, let me ask you, who might you need to share this wonderful truth with today? Who needs to know of this message? Well, as we think of this, 
Let us come to God again in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beauty of the cross. We thank you for you, the servant king who came to die for us. And we pray this evening for that awareness of your hand upon us and all that we may do. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to listen to another item of praise now entitled Jesus Paid It All. Again, sung to us uh, by Jonathan Ray and his family. Just before we uh, close this evening, let us come uh, to God again in prayer for others. And as we do that, we want to continue uh, to remember our young people who are starting uh, back to school or who are uh, still uh, waiting to get back to school. We pray for all uh, who are, are um, working in our schools at this time as well. We also just want to pray for one another as we continue uh, through the strangeness of these days, uh, that we may know God's hope 
in our lives. In Jesus' name. Let us come uh, to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do recognize, uh, Lord, that our need of you. We need to know, Lord, of what it means uh, to seek you through these days. And Lord, uh, we recognize uh, all too often, Lord, of our shortcomings, of the situations, Lord, that we may face each day. And Lord, we long to know of those rich promises that are found in Jesus to guide and direct us to that way everlasting. To know of the richness of your promises in all that we may do. And Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, we long to bring before you those who are hurting at this time, those who are fearful of the future, those who are are dealing with uh, loneliness and isolation. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that they may know of your gracious and loving hands upon them, that they may know that truth of the cross and what it means to each one of them to know, Lord, uh, of what you have done for them and what it means to follow you. And Lord, we pray for that richness of your presence in their lives, that they may know the Holy Spirit guiding and directing them in all that they may do. And Lord, that you may bring people into their lives to help and to encourage them. Heavenly Father, we want to lift up before you our young people through these days as well. Uh, Lord, as we do make steps to getting back into the classroom, into schools, we pray for those, Lord, who still are awaiting a date to get back in. Uh, But also, Lord, we want to lift up to you those who have started back this week. We want to lift up to you those who are working so hard in our schools to help and to... um, uh, uh, to teach our young people and we ask your protection over them and you may continue to guide and help them Lord we want to pray for those who are continuing to serve you in our uh, hospitals and in uh, uh, the, uh, our care homes and really uh, are looking uh, to help others Lord we pray Lord that they may know again of your Uh, strength and your protection through these days as well. Heavenly Father, we uh, have been so used to be saying things like working on our front lines. We've been used to be saying uh, things like uh, PPE and recognizing, Lord, that through this year, Lord, there is things that have been started in our lives now that I'll continue on. But help us, Lord, make you the centre of them. That you being the one uh, who uh, brings through all that we do. That we may know, Lord, of you being that centrepiece of our lives and that motivates and guides us to serve and to follow in all that we may do. For, Lord, we long uh, to be 
uh, your children, to know the, the joy of Jesus in our lives, to know what it means to seek him, to trust in him with the difficulties that we face. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this evening. As we look to this wonderful passage of the uh, of Isaiah and what it means for us, help us, Lord, to take this uh, in in our lives. To have this, Lord, as our eternal hope, and help us to be able to share this with others, to show, Lord, others what it means to trust in you, to seek you in every way. Heavenly Father, we ask all these things now, in the great and in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you everyone for listening and I wish you God's richest blessing uh, through the rest of this week. We finish with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.